Hello, my name is Özlem Sarıoğlu and this is The Coaching Program, sponsored by Sparkas, a coaching tech company that optimizes coaching and mentoring solutions for cultural transformation, talent and leadership development within organizations. Welcome to the show. Hello, coaching passionates around the globe. Welcome. You're listening to The Coaching Program, the show that brings you tips and tricks of designing and implementing successful coaching programs within your organization. I'm your host, Özlem Sarıoğlu, a professional coach and co-founder of Sparkas Digital Coaching Platform, which scales meaningful coaching experiences to larger audiences within organizations. And in this episode, uh, my guest is Petek Demirer. Petek is an organizational psychologist pursuing an HR career for more than 10 years by now. She has worked in big food and beverage multinationals. Uh, first is Nestle, where we also met, and more recently, uh, the Coca-Cola company. And she held various HR hats in local, global, and regional roles, where she firsthand experienced true cross-cultural leadership, as well as working with virtual teams all around the world. And coaching is one of her uh, specialty areas. So I'm very glad uh, to have Petek with me today. Welcome, Petek. Thank you so much, Aslam. Glad to be here. I'm very happy that you're here. So I just made a b- brief introduction about yourself, but um, I'll just give the mic to you to introduce yourself to the audience with your own words. Sure, thank you. So um, as you said, I'm a psychologist by education. I'm specialized in organizational psychology. I've always been passionate about how people behave in organizations, how cultures are shaped, how leadership is evolving. So I have studied these topics academically as well as um, I've been practicing, you know, as a practitioner throughout my um, HR career. So I'm lucky to put my mind into practice as well. And As you said, I did various roles in HR. I started off doing a local HR role where I got my hands-on, you know, all-around HR experiences. And that was also the first time I got introduced and experienced the benefits of coaching in an organization myself. I then moved on to pursue um, a global um, role in business transformation, you know, just like any other big company. Mine was also going through a lot of business transformation at a global scale. So I was lucky to take part in one of those where I deepened my coaching education. I had an intense entry into the coaching world because it was so relevant to what I did on a daily basis. You know, how do you transform the organization and its culture? It's very much relevant to um, embedding coaching. And then I worked as a um, talent and leadership partner, you know, to Europe, Middle East, Africa markets. I got to work closely with various cultural realities, differences across teams because of the matrix nature of what I did. And as of last year, I joined Coke, where um, I'm looking after talent management for um, Eurasia, Middle East and Africa units. I basically enable business leaders make talent decisions. And I'm also the HR lead for Africa Operating Unit uh, Marketing Team, as we say in the Coke system. I'm their uh, strategic um, HR partner, basically. And, you know, I'm lucky to be able to coach, you know, leaders, teams on a daily basis in what I do. Wonderful. So, yeah, you have uh, 
I already knew that you had a wise experience on that field and also using coaching a lot as a part of your work. Uh, but I would first start with the coaching journey in, on an individual level for you. Uh, so how did your journey start and you know what were the benefits you got out of it as an individual to start with? So my journey started at um, at Nestle, indeed. So one of the companies I worked with, um, where I got introduced with internal coaching program we had. So it got my attention at first because I was leading organizational development and I was supposed to think about this as a part of cultural change we were discussing to do in our leadership behaviors, right? So what kind of leadership we would like to have, what skills are needed to move a company from command and control leadership to empowering leadership. And surprisingly, it's coaching, right? So how do we embed that? So that was the business problem for me. But on an individual level, when I went through myself, you know, through that internal coaching program myself, I realized I can actually use this for my own benefit. And the benefits for me are as follows. So first of all, it's a way of communication, right? So if, you know, we leave that aside for a while, that coaching is a profession, right? It's a whole other profession that you need to um, get accredited, you need to get get educated on, etc. It's a way of better connecting with others because it trains your mind on how to adopt a mindset that is more in tune with others and less about yourself. So what I do mean by that is, we usually use listen, question, think with our own filters, whereas coaching mindset is a practice of how not to see things only through your filter. Mm -hmm. Ask more, listen more while doing that, be open and non-judgmental. So just welcoming whatever the other person is saying before thinking about what you will say and how you will say it, for example. Mm -hmm. So it was very interesting, actually, on a personal level, too. I became a much more accepting and welcoming individual after I trained and practiced on how to adopt such mindset. And it automatically improved my communication skills because I'm relating to the other person or to the team that I'm leading or to the audience I'm speaking better by asking and listening and instead of just, you know, talking, answering, giving comments and judging. And I think um, not in my profession, but also personally, it, it changed me a lot. Yeah, yeah. I always say uh, with coaching, I mean, you don't, of course, as you mentioned, yeah, it's a professional, uh, it's a whole different profession. But if you have the mindset of coaching in your daily life, um, it basically makes life easier. Uh, so that's my, that's my... I think my, my motivation also in terms of, you know, giving trainings when I'm, uh, you know, teaching people about coaching, not to turn them into coaches, that's not my role, but uh, for them to really understand that mindset is, is a critical thing, I also believe. Uh, and I really loved the way you describe it, like it kind of reminds me that uh, life is not only my filters and they have different perspectives and that's the, I think, the core of Uh, what we uh, what we have in the coaching mindset so great definition actually and 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 then you continued you know leading uh, coaching programs uh, in different organizations or different programs that involved coaching probably I guess mm -hmm. um, so you know based on your experience with the um, with the corporate world designing such programs where have you seen organizations mm -hmm. using coaching which, which, for which purposes mm-hmm 
Great question. So in the organizations that I've been a part of, coaching programs have been used for um, various reasons, right? So I think first is about training the minds and communication skills of leaders, as I was giving an example from myself too. So having leaders better at empowering others, giving and receive feedback, be able to handle uh, performance and career conversations in quality ways. So that was one uh, purpose. I think the second one is also about embedding daily coaching behaviors for all to have a more positive culture. Like I think that's the other um, important point. It's not only from leaders to employees or from one group to the other. And actually more companies are trying to move away from such hierarchy anyway, because the work doesn't require that anymore. So the nature of work is changing and we need much more innovative way of thinking, more diversity, more ideas. So how can you make everyone raising their voice and ask questions, for example, and challenge each other better, listen to each other better? This happens in teams between peers. So you, if you have that kind of um, coaching behaviors embedded in daily practices of people, you immediately see the effect of such um, atmosphere and positivity in the productivity and engagement of teams. And a third purpose is uh, is basically more related to receiving professional coaching services, right? For executives, for teams, I have seen the usage of mainly external coaching for that. And the reason usually is tied to, you know, either a specific development intervention for the person or the team that needs acceleration um, in terms of their development, unlock their potential. So that's also another uh, purpose. And I've also seen companies using coaching if there is a significant change and the transformation the company is going through. Hence, there is a lot of people impacted. A recent example, for example, in Coke, um, due to a massive organizational change, there were lots of new people, new roles, people new in the in their roles. So in the organization, um, there were a lot of changes in the structure itself, but also in the ways of working, how we do things. So coaching has been used as a support solution to onboard new people to this new organization better at this time of massive scalable transition period. Yeah, I really like the way you kind of categorize this because most of the time when people think about coaching in the uh, in the corporate world, the first thing that comes to mind is, as you mentioned, you know, receiving external coaching to unleash the potential of some you know, a person or a team. So that is the first thing that comes to mind as a kind of a development tool. Uh, the second may be about, you know, when there is a big cultural change going on to introduce coaching. But I especially loved the way you describe it as a culture, uh, because that's the that's the trend now we are seeing. As you mentioned, business is changing and we are moving Mm -hmm. uh, in that direction and that culture piece is i think um coming much more quicker to the organizations who somehow now coaching uh but the 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 larger majority is still i guess not there yet uh, but we will see it coming more and more uh so if i was to a little bit give it kind of a focus into the coaching culture mm -hmm. uh, what do you see its benefits to the organization Hmm. Well, um, that's a good question, but also a bit intangible, right? Sometimes where yeah, you see the yeah, benefits. The so, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would start by saying, I mean, it really changes things, right? I mean, if you have a coaching culture, which is more about 
um, an ask versus tell, you know, or a pull versus push type of culture, what happens, right? So I think from an engagement standpoint, it really changes the vibe, you know, the atmosphere. Let's not use HR words, but, you know, it's the vibe. If everyone feels comfortable, for instance, to raise their voice mm -hmm. in a meeting, in an organization, first of all, it really changes things. And people may have difficulty in raising their voices when they are always being told about things. So asking is indeed an inviting behavior. It's encouraging thinking, it's provocating ideas, right? Hence, I personally experienced firsthand the difference in cultures where asking comes before telling mm -hmm. or talking. Mm -hmm. And this has an effect on productivity because teams produce outputs, right? People do things in organizations. Um, and outputs come from a pool of ideas usually, out of a healthy debate a facilitative reflection, right? So from that standpoint, you can immediately see that teams who are more engaged, who are ho having more positive cultures can see an impact of it in the productivity as well. Of course, if it is channeled in the right direction, I mean, if such energy is channeled in the right direction. And from business results standpoint, there is tons of research highlighting how coaching cultures yield better team and hence um, business performance. You are more of an expert than myself on this, probably. I can't cite exact data, uh, but I know um, International Coach Federation does lots yeah. of research with organizations and they have times and times proven significant impact. Um, what are your observations? Maybe I should ask you as well, because you have more experience with your clients as, as well with an ICF. So um, what is the data telling us on this? Uh, good question. I mean, uh, in talking about data, yes, you're right. The ICF has uh, a lot of research around it. Uh, as you mentioned, on one hand, coaching culture is quite an intangible uh, thing, like to describe. Also, it's kind of a big, big uh, definition. Uh, one of the research, for instance, in ICF is showing that uh, organizations that have the coaching culture have... Uh, I think something like 50% more uh, revenue mm -hmm. than uh, the, their industry peers. Very, very significant uh, data. So that's yeah. one thing. The very recent one that I came across, and it's a recent research, it's an academic one uh, in 2020, it was done, um, about coachability and entrepreneurial mm. uh, you know, skill sets and everything. And it was very, you know, um, striking to see that it says if the founders of the organization are coachable that they receive uh, more funding hmm. the investment they receive is higher uh, like direct directly oh, wow. yeah <laughs> but then of course uh, it is one that we're talking about one person but of course with the uh, with the startups and scale-ups the issue is when you start bringing that mindset to the whole organization how can you you know, make others newcomers or the ones that just recently became became a leader uh, grasp that culture hmm. of the founder. So, I mean, it can be said that the organizations that somehow were founded by people that have that coaching culture in them uh, already are thriving. But then how <laughs> can you bring that into a culture for the whole organization is another level of question. So, you know, there are different... Wow. different discussions that I'm nowadays like looking into and um, yeah I mean it's it's good, good to hear also your 
you know, non-empirical, let's say, not, not, not number-based data, uh, because <laughs> on one hand, you know, you can have the research and the data. And on the other hand, there is, as you mentioned, the vibe, uh, which is yeah. um, maybe harder to put your finger to, but you immediately sense it when you get into the organization. So that's the, that's the tricky thing about talking about culture, I guess. True. Very true. Yeah. And um, so I, talk, talking about that also, maybe since I brought also the scale-ups, uh, but I also know that you have been part of different types of organizations, even the same uh, same industry. Uh, so what are the, um, you know, I would say the difference in corporate mm. culture uh, affects the mm. implementation of, you know, such uh, mm. efforts of introducing coaching to the organization. Have you noticed some kind of, um mm. effect could be could be regional geographical could be i don't know uh just mm-hmm. how many culture so and this mm-hmm. is you noticed yeah good reflective question actually because um so first of all i mean numerous factors can be at play here right so it's hard to narrow the notion of corporate culture down to a few specifics but um and i've always been uh, in big corporations, I mean, even though they change in nature, it is still big, right, from a scale perspective. So maybe one angle to think about is, of course, it takes time, you know, to create meaningful change in big corporations. Structurally, I mean, you have a lot of layers, a lot of complexity in how the business is uh, being handled. And scale usually brings its own differences. I mean, if you are spread across geographies, countries, it comes with its own own differences, basically. So it could take more time, you know, to crack the code in big corporates of the world. Where also sometimes, you know, hierarchies a business need too, I mean, to move on with decisions, right? So I think the structures are there for a reason, but at the same time, it complicates things and it usually brings its own spin to things. And on the other hand, if you look at high-tech startups, for example, just like you were mentioning, I mean, it might be more natural there to the teams not to look up for guidance, for answer, for precedent, right? So they have to somehow rely on such reflective conversations or to the teams or to their peers and asking questions to each other and listening to each other and it's their way of yielding, you know, better, quicker results. Whereas in a big corporation, it's sometimes not the case and you need to navigate across all this complexity and uh, matrix organizations. So that's probably one spin um, that big corporations have. It takes time to embed things, basically. I, I was When you were saying that, I was thinking about how actually big corporates can also benefit from the coaching mindset on another level as well. Um, you know, I always say, thinking about, for instance, the grow model when it comes to the moment of taking action, mm-hmm. like you've done all the re- you know exploration and the goals, realities, options, and then there is the, the will, the act- action part. And most of the time people are confusing those little actions to take with the big goals and the big milestones, etc., I always give that example. And when you're now talking about you know big corporates and big changes that needs to happen for such big organizations, almost like a big ship, let's say, uh, 
in order to change the the route of ships, you know, they just change a little angles, and then the ship slowly, slowly moves to another direction. And with the coaching mindset, we are looking into those little angle changes, and uh, you know, we kind of have that idea embedded in our minds uh, to to make you know incremental little little changes, and they will turn into big changes at the end. And you know that mindset comes with the coaching mindset, I believe. And mm-hmm. uh, and now that you're talking about big organizations and big changes, maybe being aware of those little little steps to take and start taking action on them and taking you know responsibility on them can also uh, turn into at the end mm-hmm. a larger larger transformation. Um, and that's that could also be one of the reasons that you know organizations would benefit from a coaching culture. If, if they are big mm-hmm. ones, uh, as you mentioned, yeah. So um, coming back to coming back to the you know you mentioned the geographies also um, to the question. Um, do you also see some kind of I don't know social cultural differences that affect uh, the coaching uh, to be implemented in an organization mm-hmm. or I don't know size of the market? Those kind of things do they, do they kind of uh, have an effect? Yeah. <laughs> my favorite one the question of culture and i i mean so again like another tricky notion right i mean how can you describe culture and we all know that there are some stereotypical norms exist in terms of how we think about culture but in reality they are so fluid right so there is no one constant culture attached to geographies which represents all people from there so we all know that i mean it's very tricky yet there are some helpful angles to take sometimes, you know, which helps me also to make sense out of the differences when I see them. And let me be simple, okay, for the sake of um, simplicity. So I have seen that overall attitude towards coaching differs across cultures sometimes. I think we all at some point have heard of this notion of power distance. So how respectful, familiar with, used to, cultures are to hierarchy right so in that case you see some different understanding and different expectations from coaching for example um if you know you're in a culture or you know you're in a culture with people where they need more guidance they're more dependent on intervention or used to more telling right so they find it strange when they're asked to think by someone who is supposed to help with the answers it means coaching might not be the natural tendency, for example, for those cultures. Whereas, you know, for cultures where power distance is regarded less, we see more instant success with coaching interventions. And to a certain degree, again, big caution mark, but to a certain degree, I mean, it is true that European cultures, for example, have more power distance, uh, sorry, have less power distance compared compared to Middle East, Africa or Far East regions. And I have seen that, for example, um, in in Middle East or Far East regions, coaching might be misunderstood with mentoring, for instance, where the norm is sharing knowledge, experience. It's passed down from generation to generation, older to younger, senior to junior. So, I mean, you can think about these differences when, um, like actual real differences when we are talking about um power distance so it is true that you know in less power distant cultures coaching is 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 received better somehow 
And one other factor, again, that might be at play here is also differences in the education systems in terms of how well we are taught to think mm -hmm. versus given the knowledge transfer. Mm -hmm. It is also a sociocultural difference in a way, I mean, where we see culture, uh, countries with education systems that is more focused on reflective learning methods that are more encouraging exploration or experience by yourself and allowing for self-awareness to develop are more receptive to coaching versus education systems where the focus is on teaching people, telling them one-way information or transferring knowledge in classical ways. Mm -hmm. So that's also one factor, I believe. Very, very good. Point. Would you add any other? dimension to think very good point i think those are very much there i mean there is also the discussion around maybe generations um like different generations mm. being prone to yeah. you know different styles um so we can we can also discuss about that on one level i think um the more we are connected via internet social media etc or we watch more similar, you know, TV shows more and more across the globe, you know, all of that also has an effect on what we call generations and kind of blurs the difference mm -hmm. between you know, educational Definitely. systems, geographical changes, etc. So on one hand, maybe younger generations are more uh, or less, let's say, power, uh, uh, you know, they have a less power distance uh, than the older generations, probably, uh, even in certain geographies mm -hmm. that you would consider. So that would add probably additional um, uh, difference uh, to, to uh, generations, yeah. more than, you know, the typical, you know, stereotypes of how generation Y, Z are. There is, I think, that kind of a, um, a process in it that we, and personally, I see younger generations uh, be more, much more open to receive coaching. Uh, they actually ask mm -hmm. for feedback. They, they expect to receive feedback even um, rather than uh, older generations. For them, it's like no news is good news. Uh, so, you know, those kind of things also affect, I guess, uh, coachability and that uh, excitement, whether you're being coached or being told. Um, I can maybe mm -hmm. add that one in. Yeah. And, and, and now I'm thinking about, we recently did a, a training and there was a participant in Japan and we specifically asked that person about their experience in coaching. And, you know, thinking that, you know, the, it is one of the, or, uh, the cultures that you would consider most hierarchy driven. And mm -hmm. there she was saying that, but every individual likes to be asked you know, how they're doing, mm -hmm. their, their yeah. contribution, their thoughts. So it's still there. Uh, that's the yeah. uh, promising one, let's say. <laughs> I would say so. I mean, we sometimes use generalizations, right? I mean, in order to make sense out of the world. But I think there is a lot of, um, you know, individual and humane <laughs> um, level that, I mean, it's... it's um, it's really affecting people in a different way. Yeah, yeah definitely. And to, talking about, you know, those big, we talked about, you know, bringing it to more people, to across geography, scale, etc. And uh, thinking about all that, 
do you somehow benefit from technology when it comes to coaching, uh, in your mm-hmm. experiences at least? Uh, yes, in both organizations I've been to, I mean, we used uh, digital forms of coaching, which is flourishing also yeah. nowadays, um, as well in order to scale, right? I mean, first of all, we indeed have done a partnership with yes. you in earlier yeah. times of Sparkus. I remember uh, where in Nesta, Turkey, we wanted career coaching for our long-term interns. And the question was, okay, how do we do it in a scalable, mm-hmm. but still in a personalized yeah. way? So that was a pioneer project, I believe, um, as it was early experiments of digital coaching. How many years ago? Was it like 10, well, 11? Almost, almost 10, 10 years now that we've done that. So it was quite a pioneer project. It was uh, for yeah. us also our very first uh, corporate project. We have been doing a lot of you know, career coaching for university students back then. But then with you, it was our first corporate project to run. Yes. And I yeah. think we learned a lot from it. And um, yeah, that was the starting point, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, like how do we bring it to them in a way that mm-hmm. is scalable, but at, at the same time, personalized, personalized manner. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you, you, you and, and in team, NASA, right? for example. Yeah, sorry, I was just about to say like you and your team are quite uh i would say uh courageous to try out something that was not much heard of uh so that was also a great great experience for us all yeah (laughs) thanks and um and in nestle i've also used globally as well an internal platform which was also tied to their um you know their module of hr they were using and in Coca-Cola currently, globally, we use um, a digital coaching platform called Ezra. So it's also by LHH. And yes, I mean, technology is bringing a lot of uh, benefits if you would like to, you know, do something of big with impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think we're going to see more and more of that uh, in organizations uh, because what we're also experiencing is uh, on one level, there is the scale factor when you have the technology, but it also adds to the data factor, like creating a lot of analytics out of it, uh, which would add, I guess, back to the, the, the when we were talking about how intangible culture is, coaching and the culture is, mm-hmm. I think we would start generating more and more data around it, and it would be less tangible, less sorry, less intangible, and it would be more tangible, I guess. Um, so yeah, we'll see that anyway. So coming to the end of our time together, uh, I know that we discussed quite a lot. Um, but is there anything else, uh, kind of a message you want to give or just a tip for an HR professional who's just embarking on a coaching journey in their organization or just trying to scale it maybe uh, to larger, Mm -hmm. uh, audiences, like anything you'd like to share as a final Mm -hmm. remark? Yeah, I would say two things, like be bold, but also grounded. So bold as in go in the right direction and sometimes ahead of the maturity level of your organization if you want to change things, okay? I do believe in assessing and really knowing the level of maturity in the organization in receptability to coaching in order to know your baseline, in order to know where, where to start, right? But as well, I believe that change comes when you shake things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's probably uh, the bold part. The grounded 
think grounded as in channelize your efforts into where the business opportunity is. I mean, where will the most benefit come from? From which audience, for example, or from which intervention of coaching? And pace your journey accordingly. As we discussed, no culture change can start from today to tomorrow, but embedding small behaviors can. And then it evolves into a changing mindset. And then it yields to change you know, it results in terms of changing your culture. So it is really a journey that needs to be paced, but don't be, don't be afraid to be bold. Great. I, I really loved, I can, I can even use it as a slogan, like be bold and be, be grounded. It's great <laughs> tips, really. Uh, so especially the fact that you mentioned, you know, uh, being aware of what needs to happen in the organization, like where is the big impact? Why are we doing this? Because I also see that sometimes organizations start the journey because saying like, okay, coaching is good. Let's train our people. And we trained our people. Mm. What are we going to do with that now? So I think having that bigger picture in mind and being grounded and having those strategic thought process at the back and then starting the journey uh, as you as you very well de- defined it, uh, is the way to go to make it rooted in the organization, and then we can be even bolder. <laughs> and as I mentioned, you've already <laughs> been bolder with us, so it was it was a great great uh, collaboration uh, since day one. So thank you so much for all your uh, sharing. It is it's just great to have you here and to hear your wisdom. Thank you for sharing it with everyone. Thank you, Aslam. I'm grateful actually to have a partner like you, you know, in our journeys <laughs> with the org- with different organizations, right? And I'm so glad to be uh, hosted by you in this amazing podcast series as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So thank you all for joining us on this episode of the coaching program. Make sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're having your podcasts. If you found this conversation helpful, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or you can simply tell a friend about the show who might benefit from it. Be sure to tune in for our next episode next week, and let's all create more meaningful coaching experiences for everyone. See you all.